Hi, welcome to Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoes. My name's Caitlin. My name is Tiffany. And today we're talking about a very special television show. Uh, we're talking about a television show that had a lot of very special episodes. It sure did. What was it called? Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the first time I've ever seen this show. This show I was not allowed to watch as a child. <laughs> I can uh, see why. <laughs> Actually, I can't see why. It's very tame. Well, I think we watched a tame episode, because I've seen some since, you know, growing up, and there's a lot of drunk driving and sex and, you know, general mischievousness. Classic, like, early 80s, or sorry, early 90s. Early 90s, yeah. yeah. So this is a show that was kind of new to both of us, because I've seen more episodes than Caitlin, but I think I can still count everything I've seen on one hand. Yeah, so, but it was, I was very pleased with it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I can't even really give a good general description, other than I know it's Brenda and Brandon Walsh. They're twins, and they move to Beverly Hills from Minnesota. Oh, okay. And that's the first episode. Yeah, they move from Minnesota with their family, and it's about them navigating, like, the cool kids at Beverly Hills High. Well, they did it. They succeeded. Yeah, they're pretty cool, like, right away. There's a bunch of other kids, and I don't, I just know one of them, and that's it. I know a few of them. There's Dylan, played by um, Luke Perry, and um, Donna Martin is Wait, Tori Spelling. Isn't Dylan played by the other guy? No. Are Dylan sh- is Luke Perry, Brandon is Jason Priestley. Oh, Brandon, damn it. Yeah, we're off to a great start. I don't know who's who. <laughs> they all look the same. I think um, Ian Ziering is Steve. Maybe. I don't know. Is Steve the ugly one? The one that's prematurely balding. Yeah, the guy that's clearly like 30. Yeah. And then Andrea is the newspaper editor who looks like she's a teacher. I had to lean over to Caitlin and be like, that's not a teacher, that's a student. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. Ugh. And then, um, oh, I can't remember the other girl's name. Kelly. Kelly. Which one's Kelly? Jenny Garth plays Kelly, the blonde one that's not Tori Spelling. Ugh, Tori Spelling. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's about it's about rich kids in high school. Yeah. And they're all pretty much the world's oldest looking teenagers. For sure. I, there's a couple of them that actually looked like teenagers to me. Brian Austin Green was still real young. Yeah, he looked like a kid. Uh, the blonde girl looked young. Jenny Garth. And I think Brenda looked pretty young. She, The guys definitely looked older. Oh, especially the bald one. <laughs> he did look like someone's dad. He did. Like, and I wonder if that's a joke that's ever that ever happens later in the series, if, like, him and the old newspaper editor get involved as, like, a couple, and then everyone jokes this, like, mom and dad. Probably. I hope so. Uh, How many should, seasons did it last? God, I think it was, like, over 200 episodes or something. It was, so it was on for a long time. like, six or six. Uh, I would guess maybe seven or eight. Okay. No, I, I think that's fair. Because I remember, like, people joking about how everyone was getting really long in the tooth, like, even when it was still on. But we watched an episode from season one, so this was probably before it got really uber dramatic and before it got, like... It was on for ten years. What? From 1990 to the year 2000. 292 episodes. This was on until 2000? I kind of just want to now... Until I was in high... <laughs> so, this show was on until... So, it started... When I was, when I started, 1990? 1990. It started when I was in kindergarten and ended when I was in high school. It started when I was in elementary school and ended when I was in high school and just leaving high school. That's stupid. I kind of want to watch, like, an episode from the last season now to compare. (laughs) I hope that they still try to pass (laughs) them off as, like, high school students. No, I'm sure they went to college. I hope so. I hope they, like, went to retirement homes. They probably did. I was just trying to see if... I don't know if everybody was in it the whole entire time. I I feel like maybe people died. 
Like, oh. not in real life, but, like, on the show. Right, well, I hope they did. This one was, so this was, like, an early episode. This is one that you can tell the show is still kind of trying to find its voice a little bit. Like, it was very sappy, but it wasn't overly dramatic. Um, it was, it was a little dramatic, but this episode really just left us confused more than anything about what it was choosing to be dramatic about. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was called East Side Story. That's right. And, um, I guess in a very small summary, the Walshes are so wealthy that they have a maid that works with them. Mm-hmm. And her niece goes to, like, an inner city school where there's problems with drugs and gangs and stuff. And so they want her to get a better education, so they put her name down, or, like, her address down as the Walsh's address so that she can go to Beverly Hills High. And then Brandon falls in love with her. And then that's the episode, That's basically. the episode, basically, yeah. yeah. But it was really complicated. Oh, my God. Yeah. They li- we took a drink every time... Oh, the girl's name was Carla. Yeah. And every time she said, it's complicated, we took a drink. And we took, I don't know, five or six drinks. We took several drinks yeah. based on that alone. Which is, that's, like, one of my favorite tropes ever in TV and movies when they don't want it's like I feel like it's when the writers don't know yet what they want to do they just keep saying oh it's complicated it's complicated I'll figure it out later and then it is within like the last five minutes that we figure out why it's complicated and it was absurd we kept making guesses and we were wrong with every single guess we had yeah actually and I will say I have props to them because like I kept thinking it was like oh it's probably this or probably that or probably that and then it wasn't and it was something different and I was like oh okay I actually thought it was a good twist it was a. I thought it was super ridiculous, but we'll get uh, we'll get to that. So the episode <laughs> opens with the twins, Brandon and Brenda, um, seeing their parents talking with Anna the maid in the living room, and they think that she's getting fired. Can I just say though, when I, when they were opening, like they're playing the opening credits. Oh yeah. Not like during the normal credit montage, but like when like Brandon's riding his bike into his house. Yeah. It felt like we were about to start watching an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Oh, I could see that. Like, the tone, like, they were playing this weird, discordant, like, Casio keyboard music, mm-hmm. and they were, like, had these, like, very, like, these, the credits, like, flashing, and, like, with special guest star, blah, 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 and it just, like, felt the weird, ominous tone, and he comes into the house, and, like, everyone's whispering and, like, looking at him, and... <laughs> but, like, the worst whispers ever, like, they were clearly looking up at him, and they were, they were literally going, like, whisper, whisper. But, like, put yourself in that position. Like, position, like, you go home, you go to your, say, your mom and dad, and you walk in the front door and you're like, hey, what's up? And your parents are whispering, like, stage whispering to each other. They look up at you and then they just look down and pretend they didn't see you. And why were they even whispering? Because he wasn't even home yet. They were, yeah, they were already <laughs> whispering when he got in the door. And it was, yeah... It was weird. I didn't so, even think of that. So he runs upstairs, and um, he and his sister start talking, and he's like, I, I think they're going to fire Anna. And they go back downstairs to find out what's going on, and that's when, you know, the dad tells them that they're not firing Anna, but Anna's niece needs to go to their school. Yeah. And he's like, I wouldn't normally make an exception like this, but she's special, so I will. Yeah, and they were like, oh, she's really, really smart, and she might get murdered at school because there's lots of gangs and drugs and whatever. It's scary. Like, very vague. Like, she's been going there all these years, and then all of a sudden they decide they want to take her. And they're like, sure. Yeah, it was weird. It was, like, it was very strange. It seemed out of the blue. Yeah, so they were like, oh, she can use our address. Cool. Like, to evade all the zoning laws. I thought they were pretty cool about it, the kids. They were like, oh, cool. We'll show her around. We'll do this or that. And then her uncle 
Richard, or the guy that's introduces Richard, and you're like, oh, that's her uncle. He's like, well, she's probably not going to want to meet a lot of people. Yeah, don't talk to her, don't basically. Talk to her. Don't like, show her around. She's and, shy, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, that's really kind of strange. That's weird. But then, that's, so then, but the next day at school, they show up, and the girl Carla is already there. And she's already there. And can I just say, like, this, I don't know if this is going to be a controversial statement, but I'm going to say it. She, you know, she's playing uh, Hispanic, Mexican. Yeah. She just looked very average every day to me, I thought. She looked like Lord. She did look <laughs> like Lord. <laughs> like, imagine Lord, but with, like... Longer hair. With, like, brown eyes, and then, like, that's this character. Yeah, so it was kind of strange, because, like, they were making a big deal over the fact that she is Mexican. They were like, you're they, a different race than us, but and I'm like, what? they cast someone who <laughs> doesn't even... I don't know, it was very strange. So I, I loved when they first go into the school, though, and yeah. before he sees her... Uh, like, everybody, what they were wearing was just amazing. Oh, of course. It was, like, giant blazers and shirts tucked into jeans and, like, ballooned out of a course. little bit. Why not? Midriff. A lot of like, blousing. Tops. A lot of blousing. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. That's, that's very... That was, it was hot at the time. It was very... I bloused some t-shirts, I recall. Oh, of course. Everybody did back then. It's okay. We forgive you. I didn't need forgiveness. I was just <laughs> telling you that that's what I, I did. I blast a lot of shirts. I'm too. not ashamed. <laughs> well, you had to blouse them because the shorts were so short. If you didn't blouse the shirts, then you look like you're wearing no pants. Oh my god, that's true. I had that problem a lot in the mid '90s because I used to wear shorts and long t-shirts. Where it didn't look like you were wearing pants. And there's a lot of pictures of me from that era, and my parents would be like, "You look like you're not wearing pants." I'm like, "Clearly, I'm wearing pants." Well, God, I mean, mom, it's kind of on them to buy you appropriate length shorts. But that at that time, that was all that you could find. It was either. Do you remember bongos? Those shorts? No. Oh, me neither. I wore a lot of Roxy shorts. Oh, you were that girl. What were bongos? It was a brand of shorts. Oh. I they don't. were bright. They were brightly colored. Oh, you get like bright, like purple and orange and green shorts. But what wasn't brightly colored? To be I like? guess that's true. Except for well, once you hit 1994, there was a sharp turn. It's a very specific year. Or 1993. It was very hard. It was like there was a sudden turn to all of a sudden everyone's wearing jewel tone. Yeah. Uh, but we, this was pre jewel tone. This was pre jewel tone. This was like solid early 90s, late 80s fashion. It was pretty glorious. It was. So um, <laughs> it's pretty funny because Brandon goes into the newspaper office to meet Andrea, the woman who looks like she's 45 years old. And you can tell she's the smart one because she's got glasses and she looks kind of dumpy. But even then, those were ugly glasses. Like, yeah. those weren't like the big, cute glasses. I remember seeing pictures of her during that time and thinking those are really ugly glasses. Oh. Well, and her hair looks like what my hair looks like. Hair. Oh. No, her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Her hair looks like what my hair looks like if I take a shower at night and then go to sleep uh-huh. and then wake up in the morning. Uh-huh. That's what my hair looks like. Like so that. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my garbage disposal. <laughs> um, no, so um, yeah, so it's like, but like the sort of dried while I was laying on a pillow freakish curls. Like, that's what her hair looks like. Exactly. That's what my hair looks like. Exactly. I think this is a long way of saying she's not cute. No. She, like, looks like... She looks like she's 40. She's a total narc. (laughs) 
Yes. She's, she's an undercover liar. like carp. Like she <laughs> looks like an undercover cop, not an undercover carp. It's it's almost like she wandered in off the set of Twenty One Jump Street and no one had the heart to tell her she's <laughs> in the wrong show. <laughs> but so they're in there and he's talking to her about his newspaper article and it's super obvious that she's like in love with him, but he has no idea. Yeah. And they're talking and then Carla comes in and his back is to her and she's asking like how do I find this classroom and Andrea's real up in arms about it because Carla's pretty. And Dylan, or Dylan, Brandon's giving her all these directions, and he finally turns around and meets her eyes, and he's like, oh, I'll walk you there. That's where I'm going. And then he finds that it's Carla on their walk, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm Brandon Walsh, my parents. And she's like, shush, 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 shush. Yeah. She's like shushing him right away to not mention it in school. She's being super awkward and, like, evasive. But then they have, like, a montage of her in classes, Mm -hmm. and she's, like, super outgoing. She's, like, that kid that raises her hand the last minute to say, oh, didn't you mean to collect our homework? Like, she's, like, that kid. Oh, yeah, she's the kid that no one probably liked. Yeah, she's super, like, just talking to everybody Mm -hmm. and being very loud. But then all of a sudden it cuts to her, I don't like to talk to people. I don't want people to notice me. And you're like, what? Like, can, can we talk about how when she was going over her class schedule with Brandon, she said one of the classes she was taking was just called tech? Yeah. Well, back then there was only one kind of tech. <laughs> I thought that was very strange. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I was like, there's multiple kinds of tech. I just thought that was really And she also only had three classes. She's like, I'm yeah. taking French, tech, and something. American else. literature. And literature. I think it was. You're right. So yeah, after they have that montage, they're walking down the hallway again, and Brandon turns to her, and he's like, wow, you're really smart. You're going to have no problem getting a scholarship to college. Oh, God. yeah, this annoyed me. <laughs> I got so mad. I, I, she was a real B. She was, yeah. yeah like, like Tiffany just said, she, Brandon's like, you are so, and like, clearly she's very smart. Like, yeah. she's fluent in French. She, like, apparently is, like, a doctorate in English literature, the way she's talking. And then all of a sudden, she, he's like, oh my God, you're so smart, you will get a scholarship to, like, wherever you want. And she just gets super, like, how dare you? Like, are you saying because I'm Hispanic that I have to get a scholarship? That's the only way I can afford to go to college? Is that what you're saying? That I'm poor? Is that what you're saying? And he's just like, the look on no! his face. Yeah, the look on his face mirrored the look on my face and Caitlin's face. Because it was, she, like, attacked him after he paid her a really nice compliment. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, it has nothing to do with that at all. He was just saying you're really smart. And she's like, oh. Fine, okay then. And he was like asking her to hang out, and she's like, no, we can't hang out. It's very complicated. Yes. And then, like, <laughs> like, yeah. And then that scene ends. And, like, during, while he's, like, clearly falling in love with this girl, Brenda's running around, like, trying to get her friends to buy some clothes out of this catalog because her dad is, like, a marketing executive, I think. And her dad has just, like, landed this new fashion designer as one of his clients, and he's throwing him a big premiere party at their house. So Brenda's trying to get her friends to order his clothes and come to the party. Mm -hmm. And she kept talking about wipeout pants. Did you hear that? She was like, do you guys see these sweet boards and wipeout pants? I'm like, what the hell are wipeout pants? Well, she's, like, the worst kid, because she's like, oh, my dad can get some free clothes for me. So she then passes the catalog around to all of her friends, and is like... Don't worry, my dad will, like, cover just, like, it'll, like, it'll all be free. Like, I'm sure her dad's probably like, oh, wow, great, you passed this catalog around school, and now I have to get 500 free outfits. <laughs> this That's was meant really for good. you. Yeah. Just for you. She's like that kid. You're like, ugh. ugh. 
So then they go to the Peach Pit after school, which was their version of, like, the Max and Saved by the Bell. That's just where they always hung out. It was, it was like, such an awkward setup. I didn't like the layout of that It gets set. better. Like, it turns into, like, they have live music and stuff there. It's not, like, really a diner after the first season. The way that it was shot, like, annoyed me because it was just, like, in a narrow, tiny little claustrophobic space. And it had, like, a very small, like, actual dining area and this monstrously huge kitchen in the back and it just sort of like it was a bad like set deck well you do have to remember this is season one also that's true they probably had a budget i get it they probably recycled an old set yeah so they're there and um dad like the premature balding ian zering is talking to bran he's like (laughs) he's like carl is so into you man I just get this vibe. And it's, like, really weird because they've known each other for, like, one minute. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time Ian Zeering's ever interacted with her. But he, like, gets it. He's well, like, and, I know. And the funny thing is, is, like, you can tell... Okay, so there's, what, three male characters on... Like, main male characters... There's four. Who's the fourth? It's Brian Austin Green. Oh, he right. get He gets to be a He doesn't... Character. He leaves the DJ booth? Yeah, he okay, leaves the morning God. announcement I was concerned booth. about him. <laughs> so, okay, forget... Well, but at this point, it seemed like he wasn't a main character. No, so, like, he was he a wasn't. side character. So, the three main characters are these two... I will... We fully will admit that they're still, like... We've both found them very attractive. Well, it's very curious because, like I said earlier, I didn't watch the show growing up. So, sitting on this couch here, I just <laughs> newly discovered I have a crush on Jason Priest from 1990. Right. He's very handsome. He's so handsome. I feel like I really missed out. And same thing with, like, I thought Luke Perry's very handsome, too. Luke Perry, you could tell he's got a bit of an edge. He was the bad boy. Well, I think what, I think the reason is, is because everyone else on that show looked so 1990. Mm-hmm. They kind of had that, like, 50s, like, James Dean look, which is mm-hmm. kind of timeless. So it's, like, a look that still looks hot today. Like, because it just, it doesn't look so dated, you know? Yeah, he was way. just very handsome. They were, they were both very handsome and but the one guy what, what's his name the the blonde bald guy i think it's steve okay his, let's just, his, his let's real just call name him is, steve. okay we'll call him he steve. Looks i'm like gonna look steve. it up but and, and okay. ian zeering or ian? ian i don't know oh, he's God probably one of those it. guys i would guess <laughs> so it's ian ian <laughs> so ian is like so this girl is like just making flirty eyes just looking over in their general direction it's just the Ian. It is Steve. Okay. Oh, my God. Good job. So, Steve is with um, Brandon? Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's just the two of them by themselves in this corner. And this girl that they don't know is, like, allegedly Carla. She keeps, like, glancing up in that direction towards them. And Steve immediately is like, okay, this girl just makes very subtle glances at our direction. It's not clear who she's looking at. And he immediately is like... She's clearly not looking at me because I'm ugly and bald. Like he's and a, he was wearing like a big dad sweater. But like, how often would like, a teenage guy, if there was a, a cute girl looking in their in their direction and it wasn't clear who she was looking at, like would be like, "Oh, dude, she's into you." Like you'd be like, "Oh man, she likes me." Like no, she likes me. Like well, you gotta respect Steve. He clearly knows he's his aware. limitations. <laughs> he's aware that he's a bald forty year old man. <laughs> You know what? If we watch the whole series, maybe he's, like, the nicest guy on the show. I don't know. There's he ha- probably someone listening that's now laughing because they're like, oh, my God, they haven't seen the episode where he, He's like, probably killed someone. in, like, season two. Oh, maybe. And we're probably, no, like, he's in it. You? Like, I don't, I think he's He's probably, like, the Charlie of the series, like, Lost. No. I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, he died. He's, don't say things. I don't oh, know. Oh, I've never seen Lost. Oh, you weren't planning on watching it, though. Maybe I was going to do that tomorrow. 
You've had 11 years to start watching it, Tiffany. <laughs> so, yeah, they're at the peach pit, and then, so they're talking about how Carla likes him, and then Carla makes, like, awkward eye contact with two of the busboys who happen to be Hispanic, and then she suddenly, like, wants to leave because she can't handle being there as a customer. Yeah. It was really weird. So Brandon's driving her home, and she's, like, showing him to, like, the Hispanic part oh, of Los Angeles, which is clearly, we both live in Los Angeles. Yeah. They were not, I, I don't know where the hell they were, but they were, like, either in Silver Lake or I think they, they were, were in Alvarado. Korea, or Korea. They were like right. Okay, I actually used to live in Koreatown, and it felt like it looked a lot like my old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But I guess, but maybe in 1990. Well, again, like there's a lot of like the like the LA riots. A lot of it happened in Koreatown, so I feel like Koreatown was like more edgier back then. I don't know. I mean, Koreatown's still pretty edgy. When you lived there, there were like three people murdered in your building. Just two. Oh, I'm sorry to exaggerate. <laughs> like, two uh, is still pretty bad. I guess. Uh, but my favorite part of the whole thing was that they're driving down these streets of what's clearly, I want to say somewhere, it's like around MacArthur Park, I feel like. Um, but like, there's Peruvian, like, flute music playing. Like, it's like those guys you hear at the mall, like, that are, like, playing the, like, on, like, a fucking windpipe How's thing. How's that sound? It's like, <laughs> like, it's, like, clearly, like, Andy's Mountains, like, goat herder music, and they're playing it to go along with, like, the Mexican neighborhood. I just thought it was really funny. I don't know why it just hit me funny. I know you laughed out loud. I did laugh out loud, because it just, it sounded like a, like, a tape that you would play at a spa, and it's like, this goes with the gritty neighborhood. <laughs> oh my god, it's so dumb. And so he, like, gets her to her house, and, like, he's making, he made some comment, I don't know what about, and she immediately got really defensive again and was, and was talking about, oh, what was it? It was, he was asking, there were a bunch of, a bunch of men that were getting off the back of a truck, and he, like, asks, what are they doing? She's like, they're just getting back from work. And he was like, oh, well, where were they working? And she's like, you don't know anything they were the ones who were building your pools in Beverly Hills and blah, 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 and you don't care about the plight of my... P- it was so, again, like, yeah. huge overblown reaction when all he was doing was asking who they were. Sure, he was ignorant about it, but, like, he was asking. Like, he was yeah. trying to inform himself. It's like she, she was mad at him for being ignorant, but then she was mad at him for asking to not be ignorant. Yeah, because he wasn't being, like, ignorant and rude. He was being ignorant and trying to fill in the gaps of what he didn't know. Yeah, his, his question was, like, legitimately, like, oh, like, oh, who are those guys? And it was just like that. And she was like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? But I kind of liked that he gave it back to her because he was like, aren't you doing the same thing to me? And just assuming that I'm, like, a rich snob who, like, hates everybody that's not white and myself. Right. You're right. And at one point she did say to him, not at that scene, but, like, later she goes, touche. Because he, like, kept, he would throw it back at her. <laughs> And they're like, but it got real awkward. Do you remember what he said back? No. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do the do it. So say to me like touche, touche. Ole. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) It was. It made me feel real uncomfortable. I was like, but you made so. You're like, oh, you made progress, and then you just went back a few steps, Sunny. Like, sorry. And then he goes to her house with like pastries. Like, oh, I'm skipping ahead. You are skipping ahead, but that's okay. So no, he drops her off. He's like in love with her, but she doesn't want to go out with him because she keeps saying it's complicated. Yeah. And then the next day at work, the newspaper editor, I'll call her mom. She had been snooping, and she found out that Carla was using the Walsh's address, and she's like asking about why. And he's like, don't worry about it. And she was giving him a real hard time because she wants Carla gone because she's in love with him. Oh, and she was like, you just need to be careful and make sure that nobody nobody um, finds out because 
it will spiral out of hand. But like, and, like what? people get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, to, she actually had a valid point. Like, if somebody in the school board found out that they were lying about, oh, yeah, this kid lives at this address just to go into a school in that district, that actually could be a big problem. So she had a valid point, I will say She that. did have a valid point, but the only one who knew it was her at that time. <laughs> so, like, she could have spilled the beans. That's, that's but, true. anyway, so then, like, during this time, Carla's been avoiding Brandon, we find out. Only because he goes up to her in the hallway and shakes her hand in the world's longest and most awkward handshake that lasted the entire duration of the scene. He was like, hi, I'm Brandon. You must be Carla. Let's start over. And he keeps trying to ask her out. And she keeps saying, it's complicated. And then he's driving her home. And she finally agrees to go out with him. Yeah, she does. And they go, is this when they go dancing? This is when they go dancing. And so, (laughs) this might be racist to me. In fact, it's probably racist to me. But, so she's like... Let's go dancing in my neighborhood. And so she's clearly, it's established she's in a Mexican neighborhood. So Tiffany says, oh my god, I hope it's salsa dancing. And I'm Well, thinking, that was very racist of me as well. So we'll both share that burden. But, but I feel like the, I feel like, so the, the place that she takes him, no offense, maybe this was a thing, but I feel like in a, in, predominantly Mexican neighborhood in 1990, the hottest dance club wouldn't be country line dancing. Like, not only that, it was like country slash metal fusion. It was like hard rock country. It was hardcore line dancing that ended with a soul train line. But in Caitlin's defense, (laughs) that dance club would not have existed in Beverly Hills either. I don't know where that would exist. Like, in middle America, maybe. Yeah, I feel like that would be in like the the scrappy part of Texas or something? Yeah, or like in Idaho. I yeah, don't know. That's not going to be anywhere in Los weird. Angeles. like boot scooting. Like, I've right. tried as an adult in Los Angeles to find like a country bar to go to. There are some. Nowhere close. There's some down in like Long Beach. There's area. some up like in Northridge. Yeah, but that's not close. So the point stands that in the greater Los Angeles area, you're not going to find a place like that. And it was ridiculous. And you could tell he clearly liked her because he can't dance. And oh, he God. told her he can't dance, but and he tried. He wasn't he wasn't lying though when he said he couldn't dance. Like he can't dance. No, it was He dances like oh, a gosh. dad at a wedding. It was really bad. He looked like a dumbass. He did. I Especially his bloused out shirt and tight pants. I literally wrote down he looks like a dumbass, but at least he's trying Carla G's. Like <laughs> she was still being like such a B. She was. She was just not giving him any kind of chance. And then he drops her off at home after they like awkwardly danced down the soul train line. And they have, like, a pretty intense first kiss, I thought. Yeah. It was, like, full on. It was a PG-13 kiss, yeah. Yeah. And then the whole time, what was I saying? Do you remember what I was saying? No. Oh, I hope Creepy Uncle's watching in the window. Oh, even better. What was he doing? He was standing on the porch. (laughs) Shaking his head. Like, ten feet away from them in what's-his-butts Brandon's eye line. And he's just, like, shaking his head. And, oh God. and so, but the whole thing, so I don't know if we've been clear on this, but like, so the whole time they're establishing that there's this mystery with Carla. Like, she's lying. Like, she, she's like, she, there's more to her story than you know. Don't ask questions. Like, she can't do this. She can't do that. It's more than just she suddenly needs to go to this new school. Yeah, it's like there's something bigger going on and we can't tell you what it is. And at this point, Tiffany and I are like, we don't, like, we kept making guesses and, like, we were very confused. We had said, what were some of your guesses? I'll tell some of mine. My guesses were uh, that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. that she left the school to escape an abusive ex or an abusive family member, and uh, it's whatever. Also, uh, that she was in a halfway house. 
Because the house was weird. We had so many similar ideas. One of mine, do you remember when I was like, I've never, she hasn't worn short sleeves yet. Creepy uncle's beating her. Ah. Like, that's the abusive thing. I also said, is it an orphanage? Because there was one time they cut to, there were just like a bunch of random children playing on the steps. Yeah, it was like a huge big house that I, I'm pretty sure I've actually seen that house. It's like right off the, the... 110 freeway like down like past downtown yeah but it's like it was funny because now that neighborhood is now i think silver lake so it's like now like it's now a trendy place it's now a hipster neighborhood but at that time it was a very yeah um but like it's it's, yeah so she but so those were our guesses because like this guy kept following her around and was like he kept following around looking at her watching her and we were all like what is he doing it was really strange Mm -hmm. so cut to the party at the walsh's house for this fashion designer client that the dad has landed and um brandon had asked carla out and she's like i can't i'm working right and she was working where at the party one of the she was working with the caterers well her mom was the maid so like her mom was cooking for the party and she needed like a hand which was very strange because like her mom was cooking but then her mom also had like a staff of like waiters and stuff it was strange like is their mom a caterer i don't know they did make a line early in the episode remember when they're like oh they want carla to cater the party and i clearly don't remember that. Oh, okay. That was back when he goes, but I think no, or not Carla, um, Anna. Anna. They're like, I think Anna's going to cater the party, and then I think I think Anna's being fired. So Not obviously clear. she has like a connection with a catering company. Yeah, so she's got to work the party and she's like fussing in the mirror, making sure her hair looks all giant and like her enormous lapels on her blouse that she's wearing were Classic. straight. And then Brandon comes in and he sees her there and he's really upset that she's working the party. Yeah, and all, all she was doing was, like, walking around with, like, a tray. She was, like, helping out her relative, like, her aunt, yeah. Anna. She was just, like, oh, there was an open spot. She needed an extra hand. Asked me if I wanted to help for the night. And I said, sure, I would help. But, mm-hmm. like, and so that's all she She's walking around with hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. And, like, passing them out to people. And the people were being very friendly to her. They're like, oh, hi, Carla. How are you doing? Um, These are great. They were being really friendly to her until the fashion designer said uh, that he did not want any of the appetizers, but he would like to slurp another margarita in the dark with her. And it was really weird. That was really gross. It was really weird. But to be fair, he said that out of earshot of her. So, like, she didn't well, know that they were saying okay. that. Yeah. No, no, no. It makes it still bad, but it's not like she, like was being abused to her face and running away and crying. It's true. Well, and I I mean, I was kind of still on Brandon's side at this, because, like, he just felt bad that she was working, and he had wanted to take her to the party as a date. Yeah. So when he saw her there working, like, he was like, I don't want her to work. Like, can't she not work mm-hmm. and be my date instead? And then Anna, or Carla gets all upset. Like, you don't understand. It's complicated. I have to do this. And it was just so weird, because, again, I don't think he was being a dick. Like, it seemed to me like he just was like, oh, it sucks that you have to work. Like, I wanted you to come to this party with me. I, I, see, I agree with you, but I also think, I thought it was weird because he acted like this was a huge, like, all, like, basically what it was was he invited her to go to the party. She couldn't go because she had already said she would help with this catering for one night. Yeah. And he was acting like it was, it was like the show was trying to make this big political point. Yeah, for sure. But it was like, okay. I've actually done stuff like this where, like, I've been helping out people. Like, I've gone to parties where there's people I know there, but I'm, like, babysitting. Or I'm, like, helping set up the food. Or, like, I've even, like, be- like done, like, shoots with friends and, like, they're the actors or whatever in it. And I'm a PA or something like that. And it's, like, you're just there for one day helping out and you're just behind the scenes and you're getting paid. But the, but the way that Brandon was acting was like, this is a, like the only reason she's working here is because she's not white and you guys are all horrible yeah. human beings. And I was like, okay, I get why he's pissed that like, oh, it sucks you have to work. 
But I've done the same shit she's done where I've had to fucking carry a tray around a party where yeah. people I know are attending. It's just a one night thing. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's um, true. He was very indignant. He was indignant, but like I still I thought it was endearing because he was clearly up in arms about it and he was like trying to on her behalf be like it's not fair that she has to work and he made like a really awkward political statement to the the fashion designer guy. Yeah. Because he was talking about how he makes his clothes in Mexicali and Brandon comes up and he's like, And how much do you pay the workers? Yeah. Do they get minimum wage or whatever? And I'm no, like, good you know for what? him. Good for him. Like what is so wrong about him? Like I didn't think he showed any ignorance mm-hmm. in the beginning or, or any racism in the beginning he no. was just a little I don't, I don't think there was anything wrong in the beginning with no, him. he just maybe wasn't exposed and he was trying yeah. to learn. yeah and then and then suddenly like when he realizes that hey maybe it's a problem that people aren't treated fairly he like takes it up as a cause and like both ways people are mad at him it's true and it didn't make i was i was frustrated for him i it, was happy with him for the second part but the first part it was like his tone was as if they said, you can't come to this party because of who you are. You yeah. have to work. And it was like, no, she volunteered to take a shift. Like, it wasn't like... Yeah. She was helping out her aunt. Like, it wasn't like they said, ooh, you're Mexican. You can't be at this party. Like, it was... Yeah, no, it's true. It was not like that at all. And, no. And he, like, takes her upstairs um, to his room to try to make out with her some more. And she, like, gets all upset about it and, like, runs down the stairs out of the house and, like, just leaves the party. Yeah. And uh, her aunt gets really upset, and so she leaves, too. And Brandon thinks he's ruined the party. And Dylan, uh, Luke Perry's character, is like, did you see that her creepy Uncle Richard was sitting in, the like, a van outside of the yeah. party the whole time watching her? Like, what's the deal? And he's like, I better find out once and for all what's the deal. So he goes to his parents to ask. They won't tell him. And they're like, you have to hear it from Carla. Oh, so yes. So he goes to find Carla. Carla's not at her house anymore. They say, oh, she's not staying here anymore. He somehow manages to find her at a park, just having a barbecue with a bunch of people. It looked like a birthday party. Quinceanera? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> That's racist. That, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, no, I've been, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. He manages to just find her in a park. Yeah. And he goes up to her and talks to her, and then the big secret's revealed. She's like, you've probably heard of Victor Montez. And he's like, no, who's that? Uh, he's the professor of, like, cultural studies at Pomona College and my dad. Yeah. So we find out, oh, she's not, like, from East L.A., like, sketchy pre-hipster Echo Park. Like, she's uh, from a... She's from Pomona. She's from Pomona and she's from, like, an academic, an academia family. Yeah. And it was so, it got, it got really weird. As she's telling this story, I looked at Caitlin, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Okay, as, okay I work on a cop show, uh-huh. and so we've actually had storylines that are, like, similar to what happened, except for they didn't end as well. But, like... Well, maybe you should be the one to tell the story, then. So, basically, and this is actually, like, a real thing. Like, so she act, she witnessed, uh, like, I feel like it was, like, a, a cartel hit or a gang hit or something like that, um... And she saw it happen, and she wanted to testify, or, like, they knew that she had seen it, and she was going to testify, but basically, like, they put out a threat, like, anyone that testifies, or anyone, like, snitches get stitches, basically. And so they put her into basically, like, a little sort of witness protection thing, where they moved her out of the neighborhood, she was going to a, a different high school and all that stuff, hoping that she wouldn't cross paths with people that knew the, like, the gang. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the creepy Uncle Richard, was actually a cop who was, like, protecting her. What? Yeah. And so she was like, yeah, that's what happened. And so, but 
it's this said that the guy actually confessed, so they didn't need to bring any witnesses in to testify. It's so, awfully convenient. Yeah, and so she doesn't have to snitch, so she can go back home. It was just so weird, because it had nothing to do with anything that they had been, like, making a big issue about in the episode. But it made sense in retrospect that she didn't want to talk to people because she was worried people would know who she was through connections or something like that. And she was trying to, like, hide because people knew that she had witnessed it. And Because we did an episode on our show of a girl in the same situation who got murdered because they know she was the only witness. So she, they were trying to protect her from being murdered, and then and ended up they didn't need her anyway, so it was fine. It still doesn't make up for the fact that she was a bitch. She was no, she was just very like she was one of those people that was like, are you like she's um she looked for things to be offended about. Mm. It was easier for her to be offended than to have a conversation with someone like a normal person. Yeah, it's like it reminds me. <laughs> I'm, I shouldn't say anything, never mind. Okay, don't say it then. <laughs> so so that's like how the episode ends, but there's one very tiny, tiny part we've left out, and it was this incredibly random, it's not even like a B story, it's like an F story or something, with Brian Austin Green's character. Oh, I forgot. He has like three scenes in the whole episode, and like the first scene, he's in, like he does the morning announcements, and he's like just on a rotary phone, like dialing up numbers, trying to get MC Hammer on the phone because he wants MC Hammer to play at their homecoming dance, which is kind of the most 90s thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And so, like, he makes two phone calls during the episode and they won't connect him to MC Hammer. And then, in like the last scene, like the tag of the episode, like he picks up the phone and dials. And it cuts to Debbie Gibson. Yes. Picking up the phone, going, MC Hammer doesn't live here. Don't call again. And she, like, hangs up. And then he's like, God, I just want MC Hammer to play. And then he looks down at his desk where he happens to see a Debbie Gibson CD. And he's like, oh, my God, Debbie Gibson, I should call her. And he picks up the phone and just dials a number to her house. And she picks up again. But, like, how did he just have her home number? Yeah, how did he have her phone number? How did he not know that he was calling her the first time? If he dialed it again, yeah. yeah. And also, like, and then... It just, it made no sense. It was just, so, it was just like a weird excuse to have Debbie Gibson on screen for 30 seconds. It was so weird. They could have done that so much better, and that's what bothered me. Like That's what bothered you? Oh, well, there was a lot that bothered me, but <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, she, I mean, I was impressed with the Debbie Gibson. She, she was great. I remember I had her uh, cassette, her. I, I like Debbie. I had her cassette. But it was thing. just so, it was so out of the blue, because this seemed like a very serious episode, or what was supposed to be a serious episode. Yeah. Well, they were lightning, that was the tag at the end. I guess. But, so, okay, let's, let's give it a rating then. Since both of us never really watched this show, one out of ten, we can't really say if it holds up for us personally, but what did you think of it? I, it was better than I thought, mm-hmm. because I I will say, very rarely do I watch a TV show nowadays, and I cannot foresee the so-called twist, and I can't yeah. foresee the end. That's a good point. And I, neither of us, we both worked in TV for many years. And I always go to murder first, and I right. didn't guess that. No, and we, and it not only did we not guess it, but it also made sense. Like, yeah. it so I was actually really impressed that, oh, there was a cool twist at the end, and I didn't see it coming. And, like, especially for a show that's 25 years old, like, well done. And, I mean, some of the stuff, there was so, like, weird loose ends. Like, the whole, like, Debbie Gibson thing made literally no sense. Correct. And then the dialogue was kind of awkward at points, but, like, overall, I thought it was, I think it holds, it was very fast-paced, and I, I, I think it holds up pretty well. What would you give it, scale of 1 to 10? 7? 
I would maybe give it like an 8.5. What? I, I know. Like, I, I was really intrigued. I'd only ever seen a few episodes before, like I said. One of them I watched in college, like in a class about television. Nice. It was an episode about, oh gosh, I can't remember. College was so long ago. But it was one of the guys. I think it was Jason Priestley. Had, like, was drunk driving. And like had like a moment where he saw himself die or something like Aww. that. And it was like a VSC, like I call them. Very special <laughs> episode. And so I was kind of like, well, this show's ridiculous. I'm not ever going to watch it. And now after watching this one, I kind of really dug it. No, and I, I really yeah. want to watch more of them. We Maybe we should do that as soon as we turn this off. We'll watch more episodes. I wouldn't be mad. Okay. We'll do that. Well, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I enjoyed it, too. I'm glad you liked it. Everyone pick up the DVD or go on to Amazon Prime, right? Is yeah, it- that's where we watched it. Amazon Prime. Season one's for free. Season one is Get for on free. that, people. Get on it. Right. Yeah, so overall, Beverly Hills 9210, solid. Yeah. Holds up. Watch it. All right. I think, do you have anything more to say? No, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm all spent. Me too. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. We're yeah. at Nostalgia Killer. Yeah, at Nostalgia Killer. And I am at Duffasaurus underscore Rex. And I'm at T-Solia. And sometimes we say funny stuff. Yeah, we do, especially Tiffany. She says delightful things. Follow her. All right. See you guys next time. All right. Thanks. Bye.